another edition of the Unlike Any Other, the UMAC podcast as we start our way into conference play. This episode dropping on December 1st, Ryan. We're recording here uh, the night before, Tuesday, November 30th, but nonetheless, December is here, and my goodness, even though this is only the eighth episode, it feels like this season has gone by so incredibly quick. How are we doing tonight? I'm doing well, Wyatt. I'm looking forward to conference play kicking off here a week from Friday. It'll be uh, unfortunate here in a few hours to say goodbye to November. I absolutely love the month of November for a number of reasons, but hey, December is not too bad either, so I'm not complaining. And I mean, I'll just say right up front off the top, uh, there hasn't been much going on with the Thanksgiving break. A lot of our time in this episode is going to be devoted to looking ahead to that conference slate beginning on December 10th and then moving forward we're kind of kind of take this episode and then the next one will release but the week before conference play starts and we're really going to just deep dive into the conference season and really start previewing that we'll touch on a few things that have been going on around the conference as well as do some uh, buy or sell as well a little bit later on in this episode but before we get any further ryan again just a reminder to everyone we are on apple podcast spotify pretty much anywhere where you get your podcast you can also search us on twitter we post every episode on there as well it's just unlike any other the umac search us on twitter there give us a follow and then of course obviously you can subscribe download the episodes if you want so you can listen anytime anywhere with that being said ryan you had an opportunity to chat with the martin luther men's coach which i did not so i don't know how to pronounce his name i wasn't thinking about that uh how do you say it again is it holtz heater you said you add the t you got it you got it okay so heater you got it mr holtz heater if you're listening back to this i would have loved the chance to talk with you uh glad i actually know how to pronounce your last name now but with that ryan you had the chance to uh talk with him a little earlier on this week and we will just start this episode with that interview now time to welcome in the head coach of the martin luther college knights men's basketball squad greg holtzheater coach thanks so much for joining us on the pod really appreciate it hey no problem ryan happy to happy to be here thanks for the invite absolutely so coach starting off i want to uh, just let people know kind of your journey for how you got to this spot now in your sixth season at Martin Luther as the head coach was this the eventual dream if you will to be in a spot like this or how did you get where you are today yeah that's a that's a great question um I got uh, I got my coaching start right out of uh right out of MLC I got hired uh by a previous Bethany Lutheran College head men's basketball coach Dave Balza gave me a shot uh right out of college and gave me an assistant coaching position and I worked for him for two years and then, uh, and then coached as a head coach at Bethany for three years. And, uh, I think especially in my couple years as a, as an assistant coach at Bethany, I started to think about, well, it'd be pretty cool to go back to my, uh, to my alma mater and, and coach there here at MLC. But, uh, but I got the opportunity to be a head coach at a pretty young age at Bethany and, uh, took that and and learned a lot over the course of three seasons at Bethany and now being back at MLC for six years it's hard to hard to believe it's already been six years but uh, I love it uh, I love the the mission of the school uh, I love the student athletes that I get to coach and help prepare for uh, their future careers as pastors teachers and full time church workers so uh, I uh, I tell my guys this often but uh, hard for me to imagine coaching anywhere else uh, I feel like I'm in a great spot and I I love MLC and and what we're trying to do through men's basketball at MLC that's awesome we love it when it works out that way for sure yeah coach uh getting on the court if you will not yet to conference play and we're going to get into some of the results in a little bit but I want you to bring me back to where you started this season. Plenty of experience coming back for your club, mm-hmm. headed into this 2021-22 campaign. And it seemed like down the stretch last season, it maybe didn't show up in the left column, if you will, with the wins. But did you feel like you guys were starting to hit your stride down the stretch late February into early March last season down the stretch as you closed out that uh, 2021 campaign for your squad? Yeah, I was really, really happy with the way that we ended the season last year. 
we uh, we implemented a, a new offense uh, last year. Uh, we had uh, we had a, a a lot of I mean we we lost some talented players and guys that had played for a number of years uh, coming into last year, and so it was kind of a our theme for the season was a fresh start, and uh, so we definitely uh, you know we we had that theme for a reason and. Uh, I really thought that the last few games of the season, our guys uh, started to gain confidence in the offense and kind of settle into it. Uh, and then they paired that with their their defensive effort that, uh, you know, I'm really proud of the effort that our guys put in on the defensive end consistently. And so, yeah, at the at the end of the year, uh, it is it is unfortunate that the that the wins didn't show up in the win column because I really did feel like we were playing really good basketball. And I think that was evidenced by um, by the way that we played Northwestern in the conference tournament to to only lose to uh, a team that won the NCCAA Division One National Championship uh, by 12 points and give them a really good game in the UMAC tournament. I think that was, for us, that was a really positive ending uh, to feel like we competed so well against a top team in our conference. Uh, it was kind of a springboard for our offseason and even coming into this year too to be able to to look back on that game and see how much progress we made in in a shortened season. So, yeah, absolutely felt good about where things ended last year. Flipping the page now, Coach, to this season, what we've seen thus far in non-conference play, kind of similar, not showing up necessarily in wins so far this season for you guys in non-conference play, but why didn't I talk about it all the time on this podcast? I know we don't have to remind you, but – Really, it comes down to what you can accomplish in UMAC play. And I bring that up to kind of preface the question of how do you stay positive amidst maybe some disappointing results to start this season where you guys in a number of games have been right there in the second half, Mm -hmm. unable to close. But what are those discussions like in your locker room, keeping the guys positive, plenty of experience like I mentioned, but just to say we want to keep building before we get to conference play? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely challenging uh, to to have those conversations. You know, it's uh, it's so much easier to um, to you know move forward as a team when you're winning games. You know, you just don't have to have those conversations where you had to keep people bought in and encourage them in the face of of adversity. Uh, but uh, our guys are are great about understanding you know why we're why we're playing college basketball. Uh, they have a great perspective on the game, and so while the the losses, like you said, we haven't we've had some tough ones uh, to start this season. Guys maintain perspective, and maybe that's the maybe that's the thing that we emphasize the most is having a, a proper perspective on what we're doing with MLC basketball. We absolutely want to win games. We want the reward for the hard work and competition that comes with a win. But we understand that ultimately our purpose with MLC basketball is to prepare, to help prepare us for uh, for our future lives and our future careers and what we're training to do. And so we understand that even if it's a number of losses in a row and heartbreaking losses mixed in there, we're going to try to find a way to use that to prepare for our, our lives down the road. And so I think our guys understand that they buy into it and. Um, and that keeps us competing hard in practice and in games, even if you're staring at an 0-7 start to a season and, um, and trying, to, trying to find the motivation to keep moving forward. So I'm really, really proud of our guys for their maturity and the perspective they maintain. Talking about the bigger picture, Coach, going off of that, I know it may be tough to imagine, but if you were not coaching basketball at Martin Luther and you weren't involved with the sport whatsoever, what would you be doing for a career, if you will? <laughs> uh, that's a great question. Um, as far as other interests and hobbies, uh, man, I I kind of have a, a an interest in the financial world, uh, investments, and money management. So I could see myself uh, maybe uh, dipping my toe into being like a financial advisor or something like that. Um, I, I've always thought how, how much fun it would be to start a small business, uh, find a way to serve the community and to, um, you know, to really take that challenge head on. Uh, but I think probably if I, if you took coaching away from me, the thing that, uh, I've thought about a lot over the last few years, if I, if I wasn't coaching, I'd probably pursue some sort of pastoral ministry, um, 
That's something that, you know, MLC, it's one of our three majors that we offer at MLC. And I went down the teacher uh, education route when I was at MLC, but it didn't take long after I graduated to realize, man, if I were to do it again, I might have gone down a different path and, and uh, you know, studied pre-seminary studies and then possibly attended our seminary uh, after that. So that uh, that'd probably be the most likely path for me if I if I wasn't coaching right now and uh, so that gives me a unique perspective on coaching in MLC too because um, I channel some of my my interest in you know helping young men uh, mature and grow spiritually I channel some of that into my coaching as well which is a, a special privilege to do at a place like MLC that's awesome coach getting back onto the floor here if Knights fans or road fans or just general basketball fans were to come down to the LSC gymnasium this season and watch men's basketball for Martin Luther, and they're walking away and saying, all right, they have to sum up the identity of your club. How would you like your club to be defined in this 2021-22 campaign? I think... I'd like them to walk away from the gym and see a team that plays with urgency. Uh, in other words, a team that uh, gives 100% effort every moment of the game. I'd like them to see and hear a, a team that communicates uh, consistently and even constantly on the floor so that five guys are really playing as one unit. And I'd like I'd like them to walk away and see a team that's willing to sacrifice uh for uh, the sake of their teammates, willing to sacrifice their bodies, uh, willing to sacrifice maybe personal accolades or uh, playing time for the sake of something greater than themselves, willing to sacrifice uh, a role for the sake of a teammate. Um, those core values I mentioned, urgency, uh, communication, and sacrifice, those are our core values that we base our identity off of. And generally speaking, I just want them to leave the gym and think, holy cow, those guys play hard. Uh, you know, as an 0-7 team, I want people to not ever have any idea of what our record is uh, coming into a game. They just see a team that's willing to compete and work their butt off uh, regardless of, of win-loss record or regardless of the score in the game. And I'm, I'm proud to say that I think I think we've upheld that up until this point in the season, and I'm Confident our guys will do it for 18 more. You've been in the league now for some time, Coach, and you've been mm -hmm. around the block, if you will, on the road. Do you have a favorite gym that you like to coach in on the road in the UMAC Conference? <laughs> oh. I don't know. That's a, that's a tough question. I mean, I think – you know, Bethany definitely has with with the small size of it and the good crowds that they get. That's a pretty it's a pretty fun atmosphere in their gym. Crown has a, a similar feel, and I think Luke and Inder do a fantastic job of of getting their student body kind of on board with supporting Crown basketball. Um, North Central is a hostile place, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I just feel like they have great great energy with their student body, and they. You know, that's another smaller gym that I think you kind of you kind of feel the crowd when you're in the gym. Um, those would be three that probably stick out to me. Um, I think Northwestern for me is uh, kind of more of a you know it's a bigger gym, really nice facility. It kind of feels like uh, you know kind of top notch type of place to play where you feel like you really want to be at your best when you're in the gym of the best. Uh, so those are those are some gyms that stand out to me, um, and each team has a, a distinct identity too that kind of brings the best out of you in different ways. So uh, yeah, there's some fun there's some fun atmospheres to play in, in the UMAC. That's a that's a special thing about our conference. I think there's a there's a unique kind of investment on the part of student bodies and campuses in in UMAC basketball. Coach, whether it's on the road in the past or it was a big game at home and you had a rocking crowd, is there a moment that sticks out so far in your tenure at Martin Luther, now in your sixth season, where you say, okay, that's probably my favorite moment as a head coach here at Martin Luther? Oh, man. Um, I'm not sure that I would pick... A specific moment 
Um, we've had, I mean, we've had a couple really great games with Crown where it came right down to the wire. Uh, Wisconsin Superior, we've had overtime and tight games there as well, uh, playing in our gym. Uh, so those are a couple of teams that I think the, the battles have been really good. Uh, but I think just in general, it's the consistency of the atmosphere that we get to have at home at MLC. You know, we have a we have a male cheerleading unit <laughs> of uh, of senior or of uh, male pastor track guys that you know kind of rally our student body each home game and provide you know entertainment and enthusiasm towards the game that makes it a fun atmosphere. Uh, and then our student section does a great job of being invested in games too. So. I think for me, it's not one moment that sticks out. It's probably the consistency of how we can pretty much bank on those male cheerleaders and our students, you know, giving us a giving us a boost every time that we step onto the floor, and that makes it a special home environment. That's awesome. That's what college basketball is all about, for sure. Absolutely, coach. Looking at the conference now at a bigger scope. The UMAC, you know, maybe doesn't get the same recognition as some other conferences in this area, whether it's the WIAC or the NACC or the MIAC. But we've seen over the years the UMAC is not too far behind, if you will. Mm-hmm. How would you personally, in your five-plus years at Martin Luther, evaluate what you're seeing night in, night out with UMAC men's basketball? Uh, I just think I think the conference is just – is. Every team has, you know, a system and an identity in the UMAC that makes it difficult to beat them. You know, even even in non-conference, out of conference, I feel like no one's going to roll over. There's no, you know, for lack of a better term, cupcake games. So, you know, from Northwestern with their athletes and their motion offense and their tough, you know, gap defense to Bethany's ball screen stuff that's so difficult to stay in front of their guards and to contend their shooting to, you know, Northland and us who, you know, we're picked seventh and eighth in the conference this year. Uh, But I can confidently say that both teams compete hard, play tough-minded defense, have selfless, um, you know, players that execute an offensive system well. I think that you know, the coaches in the conference are very good at uh, at recruiting players that fit their institutions and then getting their guys to buy into systems that, you know, allow their talent to, to be optimized or maximized for their team. So I think, I just think there, there aren't any teams in our conference that you would say, man, they just, you know, they're a program in shambles or they're an easy team to walk all over. I feel like every team competes hard. Uh, coaches understand their schools and their players, and so I think you know even even looking at scores, you know us us uh, you know having a lead on Lakeland and Concordia Moorhead in the last two minutes earlier this year, and losing to Hamlin in overtime. Uh, I know that you know a number of UMAC teams have already beat um, some schools and conferences close by to us geographically, I think the results show that that the UMAC in basketball is especially competitive, and that, that makes it fun to be a part of. Uh, it's, uh, it's by no means, uh, you know, a league that is far and away uh, inferior to, to those leagues around us, and I think that's a testament to the schools and the coaches and the, the programs that they've built. No doubt. It can no longer be called the younger brother like it was uh, <laughs> some days back. It's definitely not that anymore. Coach, I don't have to remind you, but conference play is coming up real soon, a week mm-hmm. from Friday. You guys will have your opener on the road across the border in Ashland against the Lumberjacks of Northland. I know there's so many things you could probably mention that are keeping you guys just a little bit short so far in the non-conference slate, but if you could kind of surmise one thing that you hope to hone in with your squad here in the next week and change to kind of get squared away, if you will, before that matchup against Northland to kick off conference play, is there something that sticks out that you guys will be working on? Yeah, I'd say on the, I'd say on the offensive end, uh, we need to take care of the ball better. Uh, we've had, we're averaging, uh, 
over over 16 turnovers a game uh, through seven games. So we have to, and we're not a prolific offensive team, so we have to do a better job of taking care of the basketball and giving us giving ourselves more opportunities to put the ball in the basket. So that's a big thing on the offensive end. And then just, just seeing progress with our our motion offense and continuing to progress in that. And then defensively, we need to we need to make sure that we never take a moment off on defense because if we relax a little bit in a possession or when a shot goes up, teams that are more athletic than us or bigger or stronger, uh, you know, they're going to take advantage of those moments where where we're maybe only given ninety percent instead of one hundred percent. So, um, just making sure we we never take a moment off on defense, especially on the defensive glass, uh, that'd be the the biggest area for improvement on that side. So a couple things that I think are very fundamental and basic, but I think that's what'll make the difference for us in getting over the hump with some of those close losses that that you've uh, referenced so far. Absolutely. Well, coach, we're really looking forward to conference play kicking off you real soon and getting into the stretch run before we know it. Best of luck the rest of the way. Really appreciate you taking some time to join us tonight on the pod. Yeah, and uh, you're welcome. It was a pleasure to be here, Ryan, and I appreciate uh, you and Wyatt and what you're doing to promote UMAC basketball. I think it's a it's a pretty cool thing to have to have people doing what you're doing, and um, so keep up the good work. I know our our coaches, our schools, our programs appreciate uh, what you're doing and and kind of getting the word out there about UMAC basketball. Absolutely, we really love doing it, Coach. Looking forward to staying in touch along the way. Sounds good, Ryan. Again, shout out to Coach Holtzheater for the time that he gave us this week. Fun conversation with him talking Martin Luther College men's basketball. Moving forward to our storylines, Wyatt, for this week, as you said, a little more big picture as we look ahead to conference play coming up not too far away. I'll say it one more time, folks. A week from this Friday, that would be December the 10th, UMAC play kicks off, so it's right around the corner. First headline that we have, Wyatt, could we potentially be seeing some Thanksgiving break hangovers, if you will, or, you know, have it been on the floor for a little bit longer than they would have liked for game action and then maybe a little bit slow starting when they get back onto the floor, whatever term that you want to use. There's some teams specifically that I know I'm keeping an eye on as we head back to the floor officially here and we could go, you know, across the conference for a lot of things, but multiple teams, Wyatt, really just on a bigger picture scale, have been off for more than a week, 10 days, 12 days, even two weeks. And we talk all the time how you can't simulate game scenarios. You can only do so much in practice. It's going to be kind of like a cold splash of water in the face for a lot of these squads with their next contest. Yeah, no question about it. And uh, essentially, this is the way I'm looking at this kind of topic. We hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving, got plenty of food, and they were left feeling full and satisfied. But what teams are going to be left hungry here in the next week or two, wanting a little bit more? We certainly hope nobody had that problem. I know I didn't, Ryan. I got plenty of <laughs> plenty of good stuff to eat as well. But are there going to be some teams that are left wanting more after this upcoming week or two? Uh, before even we get into conference play or at the beginning of conference play. And a lot of these teams have to do with uh, being around the top of the conference traditionally that you may be a little concerned about looking ahead. Let's just start on the men's side. And a team that has caught my attention here as we move forward uh, before we start conference play, what about a team like Crown? Because I look at Crown personally, Ryan, their conference slate starts really tough. They play Northwestern and North Central that first week, and they're both at home, which makes it even more interesting. But I have a feeling with those two tough matchups, they're going to want a little bit more after they play those two. So that's one that jumps off right off the bat. And then, of course, you got a team like Bethany. We're not really sure what's going on with them. They've got some interesting matchups coming up as they play Wartburg this Saturday, December 4th. That's a home game for them, so that's one to keep an eye on. They're coming off a loss against Gustavus, so they certainly want more right now. What can they do to kind of reach that next level? And then as far as teams that haven't played in a while on the men's side that I'm looking at, Ryan, I look at a team even like, I mean, you could throw out Superior, let's say, for that matter. They're actually, or was it the women's side that's playing tonight? But the men, I'm looking at the men, Ryan. They have not played a game since November 20th. 
unless the UMAC website is wrong, which we found nope. out tonight during right. the you know the UMAC website's been a little <laughs> off. But they they real quick wide they had an exhibition this past Saturday against Green Bay. But yeah, their last legitimate game that goes on the record, you're correct, was back on November the twentieth. And so they'll be playing this Saturday as well, December 4th against Bethel. How do they Shout respond? Out, that is a Bethel. long time. Yeah, exactly. Shout out. <laughs> we we won't get into that whole thing again, but we know why we're not fans of Bethel and the rest of the conference as well. So anyways, hopefully they can take them down. But two weeks, I mean, that's, that's going to be interesting. And they're not the only team, obviously. So that's just a few that I noticed. Is there a few that kind of stick out to you? Yeah, I mean, Northwestern just being that I call games for Northwestern basketball, they're kind of top of mind, specifically on the woman's side of things. They last had a contest on Saturday the 20th, and then they'll lace them up here for real again, if you will, Friday night the 3rd, and then Saturday the 4th as well. So especially early in some of those contests where maybe you feel like, oh, another non-conference game, we're the favorite, we should be able to roll in here, roll the basketball out, and we'll get in our groove eventually. Every team's different, Wyatt. Does it take you a quarter does it take you a half does it take you into late into the third quarter i'm talking on the woman's side of things where we play four quarters to get back into your groove if you will i know that coach call and the northwestern coaching staff is aware of that they're trying to keep their squad ready so they come out firing but you never really know how your squad's going to respond when the lights come on for real once again you just kind of got to wait for that next game and then See what happens from there, and that extends you know, further than Northwestern. When you get back on the floor, how are you going to respond? You can say all you want that practices have been great coming out of Thanksgiving, but as you said, Wyatt, did some teams maybe not fill up enough around the holiday? Look at this, though. I just noticed this as well. Martin Luther on the women's side, Ryan, played on the 20th. I don't have them playing again until December 10th. That's the conference opener against Northland. That's almost a three-week stretch. And in fact, it basically is a three-week stretch when you go from a Saturday to that Friday. So 20 days, that's pretty remarkable when you think about it. Yeah, and we could maybe even go back to last year wide and say some teams are more used to with all the stoppages, having plenty of time between games, and things have been normal for the most part. This non-conference slate will continue to keep our fingers crossed and stay positive, as I said before, that it stays that way. But maybe teams can draw upon that and say, you know what, last year we were hungry for every game opportunity. We're going to take the same mindset this year and, you know, maybe take advantage of that time to rest up. We're going to have more of that when we near Christmas here, only a chunk of weeks away, which is hard to believe as well, but where teams will have more time off because when we turn it to the new year, Wyatt, and teams get back from winter breaks, it's going to be a hard sprint to the finish line that's certainly when things really start to ramp up still still plenty of games in the new year before the conference tournament i want to make sure that people know but they're going to be stacked right next to each other up and down on the road back home plenty of action happening in january and february as we look ahead well and you don't really have much time from when you left off before christmas break to really get into a position where you can make the playoffs per se for some of these teams because after you get to that Christmas there's been enough conference games to kind of get a feel for where you're at and if you're going to be able to make up enough ground to make the playoffs so you want to put yourself in a position to accomplish your goals and succeed and you kind of have an idea of where you're at when you head into Christmas break so if you're not ready coming out of that break into the new year right away you can't afford losses in the new year right away before getting to that final home stretch so yeah certainly something to monitor when we get to that point but that's our first storyline this week second one and you got a list of some of these names ryan we need to know when some of these players are coming back on the court if they can stay on the court some of the people on the list have played and then they've been off and then they've played so when will these players make their way back to the court why don't you just go ahead and read some of the names we wrote down Yeah, I'll start off with a pair that we've talked about a little bit over the last couple of weeks, Wyatt, going back to Bethany Lutheran on the men's side of things for Coach Garvin's club. Kyrie Mayfield, Brian Smith, where are you at? Again, we hope it's nothing serious. We hope it's minor injuries or whatever the result is. They're not gone for too much longer, but still not in the latest box scores we've seen. Just taking on Gustavus Monday night, the 29th, losing in a close contest, and we'll have... A little more on Bethany as a whole, Wyatt, in a moment as far as the rest of their squad goes. But 
Brian Smith, Kyrie Mayfield, you know Bethany hopes that they're back, rearing, ready to go for that opener Friday the 10th at UW-Superior to get UMAC play started. We're continuing to keep an eye on that. And then back to Northwestern, but now on the men's side of things, Kyle Kamick looked pretty good last week Tuesday at UW-River Falls, a great contest between Northwestern and that River Falls Club Eagles fell in overtime, but Kyle looked as good as he has this season. He was the NCCAA National Tournament MVP last year down the stretch for Northwestern's run. He's going to be huge to try to carry some of the load along with Noah Ulm as far as leading the way, as far as scoring goes, it looks like, this season for Northwestern. So can he stay on the court and be a big part of the Eagles' production as we head down the stretch here in 2021? And then North Central on the men's side of things, Wyatt, Micah Filer and Seth Fuqua have been out of the lineup here and there so far this season. We don't know if it's exactly because of an injury or they just wanted to get them some rest, but both of them have missed a pair of games so far this year. We know how big they are offensively for them, and we've already talked a couple times on this pod so far this season, Wyatt, about the importance of Micah Filer defensively for North Central. So can they get those guys back and get a combination that they like going into conference play as far as the starting five goes? We thought we knew what it would be for Coach Dan DeWitt and his club heading into the season, and it still may be those five, which would be Castro, Thomas, Thompson, Fuqua, Filer, but maybe not. Maybe a Tanner Holtman is thrown into the mix and things could change throughout the season, but Filer and Fuqua, another pair of names that we're looking at as we head into conference play here starting up soon. Yeah, I mean, the UMAC as a whole brand of basketball, so much better when these players are on the court, and it's just important to get them back. So whatever's going on that we don't know about, hopefully nothing serious, as we've said before. And, I mean, we don't want to keep just hammering this topic and just talking about it, Ryan, by any means, but it's something that we haven't really gotten an answer to. And yeah. we don't and really well, know what's going on, and, and I, I don't think other change people that do either. People can change that. Well, unless they don't know what's know going on informed, Yeah, you're right. But if people, you're, that's a good point. If people that are listening, you know, we've heard from some coaches that are listening to the pod and, hey, we understand wanting to keep certain things under wraps and not, you know, totally share everything that's going on. We totally understand. But just know we're here. We're always looking for your information if you're willing to share so we can better understand what's going on in the conference DMs are open on Twitter. Inbox is open as well. UAO, the UMAC at gmail.com. Just needed to throw that out quickly, Wyatt, to remind people if you're saying, oh, come on, how do these guys not know what's going on? We're using the connections that we have and we're trying to continually build them, Wyatt, but we could use your help as well and keep this thing interactive. We're more than just talking heads, you know, we're people that want <laughs> yes. to communicate with others and have those friendships. So. Feel free to reach out, as Ryan said. Also, uh, shout out to Kyle Kamink, by the way. We should just mention this quick for those maybe that didn't get a chance to listen. He was on the podcast. That was the last episode, right? Yeah. Yeah, it last episode. <laughs> I, I, The days are just blending together up I don't here. Blame you. I don't blame you. Yep. Crazy stuff. But uh, episode number seven, you can find it again, Apple Podcasts. Go listen to that. We also talked with Caleb Waldeck, the Northwestern captain. So, that went well. So if you want to listen to player interviews, we do more than just us two talking back and forth. So there is that option. Did you have any other names or can we go on to the third one? You get through we all of move, them? We can move along. Yep. Move, move along. Women's tough final non-conference stretch, Ryan, because this is something that I'm looking at and you looked at a little bit before we hopped on tonight. There's a lot of intriguing games before we get to that Friday, December 10th. So I know I, I know, I said we were going to spend a lot of time kind of previewing the conference part, which we are, but you can't quite just ignore what's going to be happening in non-conference in the weeks leading up. Yeah, lots of things to chew on, Wyatt, before we get to Friday the 10th. I'm not going to go over all these matchups, but starting off with tomorrow night, Morris at a Dakota State Club, who we saw Northwestern play on the women's side last year inside the Erickson Center. We know Dakota State's got a really good program out there in South Dakota, so good test for Morris. Got another UMAC v. Mayak matchup again tomorrow night. Let's go Crown, traveling over to St. Paul to take on McAllister tomorrow evening, and then handful of games this weekend as well. Northwestern and North Central will each play the pair of Maranatha Baptist and Finlandia. Hopefully they can get some good results there. But then, you know, teams continuing to get tested before we get to Friday the 10th. I mean, some tough ones 
Looking ahead to next week, Northwestern's on the road at Warburg, another really good club from Iowa. They took on Simpson just a couple weeks ago, taking on another ranked club from that same conference in Warburg, and then Crown, another good test for Coach Zabla's club going to Wisconsin River Falls. So really the bigger question, Wyatt, is it going to be to the benefit of all these teams in the UMAC for a lot of them scheduling tough non-conference tilts, and is that going to prepare them for the start of conference play? where they have that faster start, as you mentioned. They have a couple conference games, each club does that is, before we hit Christmas. Do they have a better chance of getting off to that hotter start in those couple of matchups because they were tested in the non-conference? We sure hope so. Yeah, that's why the coaches schedule the games, you'd have to think, is to prepare their club as best as they can before they hit conference play. You can only imagine it will help. I've never heard a coach or seen it with my own eyes, a tough non-conference schedule that actually ended up hurting a team. Yeah, later you don't on. want them to get beat down too bad. Well, that's why it that's could just what be I was like, you know say. what, every game is just so difficult. Can we really even see any progress moving Yeah, forward? and it's tough to come back from that to a certain extent. And you also want to make sure you stay healthy. So on the other side of things, you don't want to get beat up literally against some of these bigger, <laughs> stronger, better teams. But overall, it helps in the long run. And I think it will for some of these teams once we hit that conference play. So plenty to keep an eye on here. And as we move forward into our next podcast, and then when we get into conference play, we'll take a look back and kind of review what happened leading up to that first week of conference play. And then obviously, if it paid off for some of those teams. You mentioned the UMAC Mayak, so why don't I just throw out these numbers really quick since you know I, I have managed to somehow keep track of these. I, I said I would, so I've got them, and I hope they're the accurate. Pe- the people appreciate it, and I, I appreciate it. I hope it, they so do. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that you appreciate me. <laughs> the men's side of things, 6-11 and 11 versus the Mayak this year, and on the women's side, it's to 500 at 7-7. Seven, seven. So believe that was a buy or sell question wasn't it that uh yeah. the how's it gonna end yeah and well it's not looking it. great it's not looking it. great and I and mean, we're I, a umac podcast so. i would have bought it too there's some of these results i look back on and say well they maybe could have won that one didn't quite work out the way we wanted it to but overall 13 and 18 versus the mayak doesn't look like they're gonna end with a winning record this year couple more to keep an eye on for the next one so we will it's not over yet Wyatt we gave a shout out to Superior playing Bethel on the men's side Crown's got a matchup against McAllister on the women's side coming up so there's still there's still some more opportunities it's not over yet is there at least five or six well I mean are you are you sure I don't know I don't know how many chances there there's a chance to keep it tight at least well it's tight keep Stay within striking distance. Yeah, it's tight already as it is. So, I mean, there's nothing to be ashamed of by any means. And they'll beat them when it matters in the postseason again anyway. So (laughs) That's how we'll phrase it. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. you got to find the positive spin on it any way you put it. So, anyways, that's the Mayak-UMAC numbers. If I'm wrong, by the way, somebody can fact check me if you want to. We, we, we're not opposed to that. I mean, again, it's nice to hear from people, so feel free to email us if you want to. Moving on, we have two more things to get to tonight. The You have our attention, and then I'm going to ask you some buy or sell questions, a new thing we've been doing the last couple of weeks. So let's start with the You have our attention. And this goes back to Bethany, and we'll kind of turn this into a wider topic, Ryan, but with those two guys in Smith and Mayfield out, it has kind of created an opening and allowed the spotlight to be on somebody else. Yeah, I kind of teased it a little bit earlier, Wyatt. In their last couple of matchups, they got the win over Carroll, a good club on the road back on November the 20th, and then falling to Gustavus, as I mentioned, on Monday night. But in both those contests, it's been one man who's led the way for them, in the scoring department at least, the junior forward, Justin Shrupp. Dropped 17 against Carroll in that win again for Martin Luther, and then dropped 20 on Monday night against Gustavus in that tight loss in another UMAC v. Mayak matchup. But he's got our attention, Wyatt, because we talk so many times in sports, always got to be ready for your opportunity. And boy, has he had a bigger opportunity in these last chunk of games with Mayfield and Smith both not able to get onto the floor. And I'm sure the coaches have loved to see it. And even when Mayfield and Smith get back into the lineup, maybe Shroop is more of a valued member of that offensive attack if you will maybe Mayfield and Smith are looking to get him a ball the ball a little bit more because he's proven himself so 
He's caught our attention, Wyatt, with how he's performed in these last chunk of games. And we've known in past years when he's had the opportunity to do so, he's stepped up. I mean, looking all the way back, Wyatt, even to the season opener at Central and that overtime victory for Bethany, Smith and Mayfield were in the lineup for that game. Shroop still produced 17 points, 10 boards, a double-double for him. So we know he can do it even with those two in the lineup, but he's continued to pick up the slack, if you will, for Bethany here over the last couple of games. Czar, one of our favorite announcers, PA, always likes to say, welcome to the spotlight, young man. (laughs) And uh, that's kind of what's happened. He's been put into this position, not by choice necessarily. I'm sure he would want Smith and Mayfield with him if he could, but he has really held his own and stepped into a huge role. And while they're maybe not necessarily getting all the wins they would want to, he's keeping them in games. And I also think we need to look at Hunter Nielsen as well a little bit and not just completely disclude him for what he's been doing as well because he's another big piece to them as well and with some of the the results I think he had 15 in their game against Gus Davis and so he's been able to do some stuff as well and those two guys are kind of the two to keep an eye on along with the Malinkoviches it's a very deep team and once Smith and Mayfield do come back assuming that will happen sooner rather than later it's going to be a team to look out for because I think when they play their very best not many teams are going to be able to beat them so And I don't think they've really come close to doing that yet this year with all the absences and just the weird box scores with some of these results and stuff. There's still a long ways to go for them to get to that point. But when they reach it, they could be a very dangerous team. So he definitely has our attention, as does the Bethany team as a whole, kind of just showing us that they're more than just Smith and Mayfield. Looking on the women's side, Ryan... Well, not another player more so than the team here, though. It's just more of the individual player herself, and we're turning to North Central for this one. Yeah, the Rams and Coach Bruner's club wide have been pretty dominant so far in their non-conference slate at five and zero so far. They'll next be in action coming up here this coming Friday, so just in a couple of days, taking on Maranatha Baptist, and then they'll play Finlandia as well. A little bit of a double dip for them this weekend at home. But the players specifically we want to talk about, we knew coming into the season, Wyatt, she was going to be a force, multi-sport athlete. Most people around North Central know who she is. The senior out of Michigan, we're talking about Emily DiGiorgio continuing to put up big numbers to start this season where North Central's offense has been humming and she's been a part of that. And her numbers have gone up and up and up across each and every contest, Wyatt. When we're recording tonight on November the 30th, their last contest was 10 days ago on the 20th of November. 28 points, 8 boards, doing a little bit of everything, getting on the glass, knocking down a triple, a whopping 20 field goal attempts, making 12 of them. I won't get too much further into the numbers, Wyatt, but as if there was any question going into the season, we know they're deep. We know Hagstrom can stroke it as well at one of those post positions. We know Conte's Dynamic at the guard position. Downtown we know, U. We know Telso will let it fly from the shooting guard position, and I could go on and on for Coach Bruner's club. But Emily DiGiorgio, you've caught our attention. It's not the most recent performance, if you will, but we've been keeping an eye on it and seeing that you've been continuing to put up numbers so far this season for the Rams. Well, and we talked about it a little bit, Ryan, before. It's not like they've needed her to necessarily assert herself where she's had to put up these monster performances like Geisfeld has for Bethany where I mean she literally has to try and score 30 in and out every night just to get Bethany the win North Central is so balanced like you said with all those different names that they don't need her to necessarily do that every night but she's shown that she is capable of and that's only going to be more dangerous for these opposing teams as the season goes on and like the Bethany's and Northwestern's when we get into conference play to know that they have to deal with her as well as her teammates is going to be a problem. So it's something we have definitely been keeping an eye on. And uh, for her to show that she can do that, it just makes them that much more of a difficult team to defend. So she has definitely caught our attention as North Central continues to win games and put together a pretty impressive resume here early in the season. Let's get to what has become one of my favorite parts of this podcast, Ryan, the buy or sell. I just think it's fun to come up with these questions. And on the flip side as well, I got to answer a few last week. It's also fun to do that. So I don't know. Let's let's get into it. I think the people like it, don't you? I, I yeah. would assume so. I mean, Yeah, and I, I can see in your future, Wyatt, at some point you're going to be doing some day trading and you're going to be buying or selling yeah. for real, maybe. 
If anybody out there is listening and they want to <laughs> hook me up with getting into that, I'm looking to invest a little bit, I guess. So let's uh, let's get that rolling. Because you're not but... you're not busy enough, you know, when you're looking to leave yeah. the radio profession at some point and just become a day trader. Because that wouldn't be stressful at all. Be a heck of a job, <laughs> I'll tell you what. But uh, no, in all seriousness, uh, we we obviously have full time jobs, Ryan. So if anybody's upset with the work or quality we're doing right now, they can just go somewhere else and listen I'll to something to the haters, I mean, is one of our favorite ser- pods likes to say, you know, yes. we could give a message to the haters, but we won't. Seriously, I mean, <laughs> like, we're bo- both very busy and there's a lot going on. So if you're upset with the quality, that's that's not our problem. We're, we're doing what we can to make this happen and recording every week and getting interviews and whatnot. So and we do it because we love love the conference. Yeah. Love the coaches, and, love the and players. We've, got, we've gotten lots of great support. So we do and appreciate we have. for and those the people who have that have out, so. yeah. you, you the real MVPs and we appreciate you and your continuous support of what we're doing and listening yep. and all of that. So with that being said, Ryan, I got four questions for you tonight. We'll start with the first one. And it's going to go back to a guy that we did not give our you have our attention to, but he won the UMAC Player of the Week for the second time in three weeks, Noah Alm for Northwestern. And I'm just going to straight up say it at this point. We both picked different people to win the Conference Player of the Year award at the beginning of the year. I had Brian Smith, and you had Henry Fambule, which, by the way, that has not really panned out for you <laughs> at all. I mean, my guy's missed some time, but at least when he has played, he's been putting up big numbers. You're one to talk. Well, it's not a matter of, I mean, he just hasn't been able to be on the court. I mean, they take most of the conference stats anyways into consideration, so there's still yeah. time. But yep. looking at it from a whole and just knowing what he's capable of doing, would you buy or sell Noah Alm as the conference player of the year? I mean, based on what we've Oof. seen so far. Wow, you really put me on the burner. I Before I answer, uh, I still very much believe in Henry. He continued to grow throughout last season and was really hitting his stride near the end, but you know, that's kind of the question when you become a sophomore and I'm not going to say the saying that they, you know, sophomore, sophomore, but you said it, I did not say it, but uh, (laughs) that, that was the thing coming into this season is could he build off of what he was doing at the end of the season last March and a little bit of a slow start for him, but still plenty of time, bigger fish to fry as UMAC play comes. I think he's saving it for that, but uh, no, Noah's been dynamite. I mean, in Northwestern's last contest against River Falls, I mentioned that overtime loss, they kept him in check white. They knew how to shut him down for the first half, but then something caught fire for him, and he scored 20-plus in the second half, continued his output into overtime. Wasn't enough for Northwestern, but dropped 29 in that contest, knocking down a couple triples, getting to the foul line, doing a little bit of everything for Northwestern. I'm going to buy it. I know there's a little hesitation, and some people are saying with the way Wyatt set up the question, what we've seen so far, how are you hesitating whatsoever? Well, I am because there's just a lot of season left, and Northwestern knows they would tell you that they're going to need help from other guys, and at this pace he's on, Wyatt, I mean, we know Noah can fill it up, but I don't know if he can keep up these numbers throughout the season for Northwestern when we get into conference play, and you know everyone on their scouting report is going to have number 21 circled, underlined, starred, bold font. Get out to this guy. What did Coach Herbert tell us, Wyatt, a couple weeks ago on the pod? As soon well, as he, he crosses half court, you have to have a hand in the man's face. Oh, I thought you were going to say he uh, told us that it goes a long ways to try and get a girlfriend <laughs> if you just say hi, because he did say that. Well, but... he said a lot of things. <laughs> Coach Herbert said a lot of things, and we, uh, we appreciated the time. But no, when he was talking specifically about Noah... That's what he said, as Mark Jackson would say, Wyatt, hand down, man down, mama, there, mama, there goes, goes that, that man. man. And we've said that a lot of times this season with Noah, there goes that man doing things consistently on the basketball floor to surprise you if you haven't watched him a lot. But, you know, we've seen him a lot over the last couple of years, Wyatt. But not to go too much further into this, I will buy it that he will be the MVP this season in the UMAC. Question number two for you. Martin Luther plays Northland in the conference season opener, both men and women, Friday, December 10th. Are you buying or selling that Martin Luther will pick up a sweep, both on the men and women's side, so they're both going to defeat Northland and get to 1-0 and in conference play? Would you buy or sell that? I'll get you a faster answer on this one, Why I am buying it. Chips into the middle of the table. Martin Luther will sweep the Lumberjacks and Lumberjills. And is this because you're, you talked with Coach Holtzheater here before and, and on the podcast? You feel yeah. you have to say that, or is that no. you know your honest no. opinion? 
I don't have to say it. It's my <laughs> honest opinion. I did enjoy the chat with Coach Holtzeder, but you know going into the season, Wyatt, I was also high on Martin Luther on the men's side of things. You were high yeah. on them on the women's side of things. I making was. a move up in the standings. Stay tuned, folks. A week from today when the next pod drops, do we change where we had Martin Luther slated heading into the season? Does Wyatt move them down a little bit on the women's side? Do I keep them as high as they were on the men's side? Just lots of we'll, questions. We'll uh, throw that tease out there, but yeah, I am buying it. Looking forward to those matchups, though, across the border uh, in Ashland, Wisconsin, between Martin Luther and Northland. I did a little foreshadowing with this one, and you probably didn't even catch it, but you'll it, the, the, the dots will connect here when I say it. Crown, tough start to the conference season. They play against Northwestern and North Central. I'm talking the men's team here, which obviously the women's team does as well. But on the men's side of things, Ryan... Crown's a team we said was kind of a wild card coming into this year. We weren't sure what we were going to get. They have shown that they have plenty of talent, and they are going to be a tough team to handle. But with those two tough games, would you buy or sell that they will start the conference season with at least one win in those two games? So they either have to be 1-1 one one or 2-0. and oh. They have to be better than 0-2. Oh would you buy that or sell that with those two matchups? And we're talking about purely the men's side of Just things. the men's side of yeah. things. Those matchups, both, again, going to be played Oof. at home. I'm sure it'll be a great environment. Can they pick up at least one win in what would be considered an upset over Northwestern or North Central? I'm going to buy it. I think they will lose a tight one to Northwestern, and I'm saying this again on November the 30th with the right to change the opinion as we look at that match. No, you're locked in. You're a hypocrite if you change, (laughs) Ryan. Come on. I won't change the buy or sell. I'm talking about the specific matchup. No, Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I won't change it. I get what you're saying. I think they're going to lose a tight one to Northwestern. I think they'll win a tight one against North Central. You know the whack is going to be rocking. They're going to flood students into there. I'm looking forward to seeing that atmosphere going on. In St. Bonnie, who knows? I may be down there on Friday the 10th to watch them play Northwestern. We'll wait and see on that. But those are going to be two fun matchups for Crown Basketball to kick off conference play. So I am buying that they will win at least one of their two opening matchups in UMAC play. Coach Herbert and his squad are going to find a way to get it done. I don't know if I could buy it personally just myself, just knowing what Northwestern and North Central is capable of. Just really quick, if you had to, and this obviously never happens, if you had to set a line for both those games, we're 10 days out in advance, obviously, but yeah. what would the opening lines be? I'm thinking Northwestern would probably be somewhere around, like, what, eight and a half, nine and a half, and then North Central a little bit less than that, down near, like, the four no, range? I wouldn't, I wouldn't have Northwestern more than a five or six point really? favorite because of the home court advantage. I, you got to give some points to the WAC supporters. Well, right? they got to so, come in with at least a three, four, or five point cushion because of the home court advantage. Hostile environment for it's Northwestern and pretty, North Central. Pretty well known, like in Vegas for football, that they do three points automatically yep. to the home team. Do they do anything like that for basketball? For basketball, I'd give it a little more. When we have these great college basketball atmospheres in D1, like if they're going to your squad to the kennel and that place is rocking. I mean, yeah, this well, season, Wyatt, that's a six point. Seven point, eight point advantage potentially for your Zags if if we want a comparison. They needed all six or seven last night. My <laughs> Tarleton State. Goodness. Hey, they had nine JUCO players, so I I guess I don't know. I didn't know they that. gave Michigan a run last week too. So yeah, we won't go too much further. D one, but that was fourth, a, that was compelling. Fourth game in one week. I understand they lost to Duke too, but I would like their chances in a rematch. Let's move on to the last question. North Central. They're playing Morris. So interestingly enough, this kind of alludes into what uh, you said on the... Well, actually it doesn't because we're looking both at men's and women's here, I guess. So the crown isn't factored in here. But North Central plays Morris in the opener. I'm talking both men and women on that side of things. Will North Central sweep Morris in the conference opener? So similar to the Martin Luther Northland question, except it's North Central and Morris. Do, Do the Rams... Start one and zero for both the men's and women's teams, or does Morris on one of those sides find a way to pick up a win? I'm selling. You're saying Morris, Morris gets find it a done. Way to pick up at least one. It's a tough place to play. Wyatt. What's We've more likely, it. the men's or the women's side? Probably the men's side, right? As far as a Morris win, you're saying? Yes. What's more likely? Probably yeah. the men team. I would theoretically. say men f- with what? Yes, with what we've seen so far. 
a non-conference play and some of the question marks I still have for Coach DeWitt's club. But, hey, we heard it from Coach Bruner when we talked to him a couple weeks ago, Wyatt, where he said when we broke through against them on the road last year, did he say it was the first time in North Central's program history? He may have, that they won at Morris. Do you remember that? Can't remember. I was probably just waiting for my turn to talk <laughs> instead of listening to him. No, I'm kidding, obviously. But uh, I, think, I think that's what he said. I think I last remember year was the some... first time in their program history they won yes. at Morris. He said that about someone, I remember, somewhere along the Pretty lines. Pretty sure it was Morris. I, yeah. and, and I'll take your word for it. So with that being said, you're thinking at least one, probably not two. But it one of them be, can pull it off. That's, I mean, I said the whack is the place to be on the men's side of things we know for Crown, and even the women's could be some compelling matchups. If you're not feeling going out to St. Bonnie and, you know, want to go out to the beautiful town of Morris, Minnesota, you should catch some good basketball. Morris and North Central, Friday night. The men's is the late one. The women's is the earlier one. We're giving plugs everywhere for these and, matchups on Friday the 10th, well, but should be good ones. Just to put things into perspective of how excited we are for this opening weekend, all these different scenarios and things that could happen, with what I'm hearing from you, essentially you're saying you would be buying that North Central would start 0-2 on the men's side of things based on they what could. you've said here. Yeah, that's kind of what yeah. you're alluding to. That would be kind of crazy, and that would be a little madness to start the year, but that's... Just it's how a the tough schedule start. lines up. It is. Tough and, start. And that's why, literally, from the very first tip of the opening conference game, you have to be ready to go. And it's going to be fun to see how things kind of swing and go back and forth throughout the early stages of the conference season as teams kind of start to sell in. But an 0 2 start, and that's where we'll get into more of the do you hit the panic button and stuff. We'll talk about all that, obviously, when the time comes for these teams, and we'll do plenty of that down the road. But. This opening weekend coming up December 10th, 11th, going to be a ton of fun. Yeah, and, you know, North Central, just a real quick finish on them, Wyatt. They get a couple of non-conference games still before those conference matchups. So when we circle things back a week from tonight, we'll have some more things to chew on as they do take on Maranatha Baptist on Friday and then Finlandia on Saturday. We'll see what they look like in those contests. But playing those two at home, nothing against Maranatha and Finlandia. But those Again, two at you're home just trashing versus... a program without actually no, saying it. You might as well say just it, say it. Yeah, versus going on the road at Morrison at Crown back-to-back days. Those are two totally different things. And you know Coach DeWitt and his club, they know that. And I'm not saying they can't win. And if you guys are listening to this, use it as bulletin board material. I'm just saying you got to be aware when you hit the road, hostile environment, you got to be ready to go to war in those matchups. With that, only thing we have left to do is kind of just let people know what will be happening in the next episode. We're going to play a little fantasy basketball, Ryan. We haven't worked out the details yet, but uh, we'll take a handful of guys. We'll go back and forth, probably snake draft style. So uh, I don't know if the coaches will find that interesting as much as the players (laughs) might, I guess, if they want to listen to that. But it should be interesting for the fans as well to see how we value these certain players. And we'll go over the scoring system, all that, when the time comes. And the other thing we'll be doing in the next episode, we'll try to get another interview or two. But we'll be, as Ryan said, re-ranking the conferences as far as the men's side and the women's side goes from what we initially did in the preseason. So now that conference play will be coming up, we'll reevaluate things, maybe shift things around. So those will be the two big things coming up on the next episode, which will drop Wednesday, December 8th. We'll be recording that one sometime here in the near future. Again, uh, thanks to Coach Holtz-Heater. Again, Ryan, thanks for doing that as well and being able to step up. I wish I could have chatted with him. Hopefully, we'll get a chance to again some point down the road, but great interview as always. Glad we could get through some of these topics. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. Any closing thoughts from you? Yeah, looking forward to December getting rolling along here and Have some fun, folks, with the next couple of weeks, the chunk of conference games. I'm already not looking forward to the massive break that is going to be once we hit the winter break and then waiting for conference play to start again. There will still be some games here and there, and, you know, I'm looking forward to Christmas and all that comes with that. But just, just enjoy these next couple of weeks, folks. If you're feeling a little drained, a little down, hang on for a little bit longer. There's going to be some more time to breathe before we really hit the stretch run in the new year and 
I'll drop it again, Wyatt, as Mike Tice says, enjoy the season. And our guy, P.J. Fleck, getting it done, rowing the boat big time Saturday at Huntington Bank Stadium. The dream is in the process, as he would say, and the process included beating Wisconsin, getting that axe back. So shout out to uh, Flex Club and the Gophers. That was a lot of fun on Saturday. So those are those are the quotes, again, I leave people with. Enjoy the season, and uh, the dream is in the process. Just had to find a way to throw in the Gophers Had to find somehow. a way. You know, you know, you know the whole time we've been recording, I've been thinking about it. You asked PJ, <laughs> I'm sure, after that game how he's doing. Oh, I'm elite. I'm elite. I'm doing, I'm doing great. I'm elite, guys. How are you? Roll the boats, guy. Imago Gophers, all that good stuff. Anyways, we won't get into a huge PJ Fleck conversation. But, hey, you know, like you said, Ryan, we got to take care of non-conference games first before we get into conference. But... As you said on the last episode, it's non-conference for show, conference for dough. UMAC play is where you make your hay. So here we go. We're getting closer and closer. We're looking forward to it again. You can reach out to us if you have information, want to get on the podcast, uh, want to ask a question of some kind. It's just uaotheumac at gmail.com. Direct message us on Twitter, unlike any other, the UMAC. Be sure to tell your friends and families about the podcast, everything that's going on with that. We'll conclude this episode. We'll be back again next week, same time. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you then.